I like to think of things, are they Grammy safe? My husband has a wonderful grandmother who loves to read our sweet romances. She has her little Kindle. She wants the paperbacks. And if I can't give it to Grammy, then it's it's too hot, too steamy. <laughs> Gotta tone it down. Welcome to Steam Scenes, the podcast about... Wait, hold on. Sure, sex is, well, sexy, but it's also sassy, and it's silly, and it's fun. Hi, I'm El Greco, and I write steamy romance. On my podcast, Steam Scenes, I'm joined by my fellow romance authors for some explosive, (laughs) see what I did there, conversations on writing all the naughty bits. Sit back, relax, and join us for some scintillating conversation on Steam Scenes. Listeners are in for a treat today because we've got a twofer. That's right. We have a dynamic duo on Steam Scenes, and it's Kelsey McKnight and Sarah Fisher. They're joining us today. It's a first for the podcast, so I'm a little bit nervous. From Scottish lards, lards, I never say that right, to billionaire businessman, Kelsey McKnight will ignite your soul no matter what century it lives in. Kelsey is a university-educated historian from Southern New Jersey. She has married her great loves of romance, history, and literature to create her own tales of dashing heroes, sultry bad boys, and lovable heroines who have their own stories to tell. They will take you through the ballrooms of Victorian London, the hills of the Scottish Highlands, New York City penthouses, and into small towns with big hearts all at the flip of a page. When she's not writing, Kelsey can be found reading, drinking too much coffee, spending time with her family, and working for a nonprofit organization. Sarah Fisher graduated with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and began a career in personal security. Oh, I'm sorry, personnel security. A little slight difference there. (laughs) Shortly after she married the calm to her crazy and settled down. Then the other shoe, a stiletto to be precise, dropped. The doctors found a mass wrapped around Sarah's heart and had to perform surgery to remove it. The recovery finally gave her an excuse to slow down and start writing the stories that always floated around in her mind. To bring her tales of sweeping romance to life, she draws inspiration from her college days and from her family's stories of growing up in Lebanon, Uruguay, and a farm in North Dakota. She has published a steamy new adult romance series to bring back what you loved about that first college crush. In her spare time, you'll find her spending time with her family, reading yet another novel, or watching just one more episode of reality TV. Together, Kelsey and Sarah, real-life best friends, have published four small-town romances filled with magic, love, second chances, and a puppy or two. They have a new romantic comedy series, Hazel Oaks Resort, in the works. Operation Valentine, book one, is available now. Kelsey and Sarah, welcome to Steam Scenes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so this is so cool. It's two people. Um, two interviews at once. It's pretty exciting. Um, so I guess we'll kind of start with um, Sarah. Hello. Hi. When did you realize you wanted to become a writer? I didn't know I wanted to be a writer um, until I had that health scare. Really, it, it. I had too much time on my hands and I couldn't sleep at night because it hurt. And so I just started writing as something to do. I've always been a huge bookworm. Okay. And then I low-key told Kelsey, like, hey, look what I'm doing you know, <laughs> under wraps. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing the same thing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so, so Kelsey, this was like – like, when did you decide you wanted to do the writing thing? Um, Again, like Sarah, I didn't plan on being an author or pursuing anything of that sort. After my first child was born about seven years ago, I started kind of dabbling in it. And it was a way to keep my mind a little more alive, um, less filled with Peppa Pig and more, you know, things that I was interested in. And I've always been interested in romance novels. And it just turned out that, you know, I was home all the time. Sarah was obviously home all the time recuperating. We were talking a ton. And it just sort of came out, like she said. And it just hadn't stopped since. So how did you two meet? We're sorority sisters. Okay, so you both went to the same college. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So while you're going through college, never had a conversation about, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we, or, or you know, if, if you were a writer, or did you guys like trade books so that you could read? Or was this something completely like, wait, what? A complete surprise for both of you. I want to say it was, 
pretty much a surprise. We would say, oh, I read this book or like Sarah actually introduced me to Outlander, which inspired Mm -hmm. my first romance series. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think she saw the show or something. And again, this was seven years ago, maybe. Um, And said, oh, I think you would really like this. And then it was, oh, yeah, I, I do like this. And so we had that sort of thing going on. But it, this was really just a, a completely new facet to our relationship. So at what point did you decide that you wanted to write together? So we have always been each other's book buddy. Uh, if I write a scene or something, I'll send it to Kelsey and sometimes – I need a little help with my descriptions because Kelsey writes these beautiful sweeping descriptions <laughs> and I'm like, Oh look, it's a house. <laughs> it's <laughs> <the walls." laughs> and so I was like, you know, could you help me spruce the scene up a little bit? This is what I'm looking for. And so she would help or she'll message me and say, I can't get out of a conversation. Help me. Um, oh. And I love it's dialogue. Cool. So we said, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if we wrote something together because you already write my dialogue or you already write my um, description sometimes. And I sometimes help your dialogue. So what, what happens if we put it together? And we thought um, sweet romance might be fun because it's something that we don't write individually. So it would be kind uh, of a whole new world for the two of us. Okay. So, okay. So I want to just back up a little bit before we get into the whole sweet romance versus the steamy romance you're writing your own books at this point separately. Mm -hmm. Did you always know that you were going to write a certain heat level? Sarah, was it important to you, for example, to like write the sex on the page? I did like sex on the page. That's what I like to read most of the time. So it wasn't, I have to write sex on the page. It's, this is what I enjoy reading. So this is what I'm going to write. Um, So there was never... Maybe I should tone it down or maybe I should tone it up. I was writing about college and, you know, I had just graduated college. There's sex in college. Anyone who says there's not is pretending. So (laughs) why not put the sex in college, you know? (laughs) So, Kelsey, what about you? Uh, Generally the same thing. Uh, As people that know us can say, we think very similarly. We read a lot of the same things, but also have a lot of different reading interests, but we both enjoy generally the same heat level. Both of us will read sweet. Both of us will read straight up erotica. Um, But I think we're both sort of, when we write steamy, it's in the middle. And just like Sarah said, it's basically what I read as well. I don't write anything that I feel is outside of my personal interest level as far as heat goes. Um, yeah, and it's sort of just gone from there, up or down, depending on my mood, I guess. So, so deciding to write together, write sweet romance together in particular, like that was, that was done because you were both writing, um, a higher heat level on your own and you just wanted to do something different and, or, or did you, or was it like, Hey, yeah, let's try sweet. Why not? I think it was very much, Hey, let's try sweet. Why not? I know (laughs) we both wanted to write a castle prince type story. Okay. Um, that was current because um, Kelsey writes it historical, and I love reading historical, but I can't. I can't write historical. It just doesn't come out of me naturally. Right. And so I said, "Hey, like it would have to be current." And she's like, "Yeah, sure." And as we were writing it, Kelsey and I are, are a bit of pantsters. We we don't plan a whole lot. And welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> Our oh, characters... nothing's worse than writing a pitch sometimes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Our characters decided it was sweet. And so we listened to them and it was like, hey, why not? Let's try it. We haven't done it before. Let's see how it goes. Was it weird? Yes. <laughs> Kelsey, Sorry, was that not subtle? <laughs> Kelsey, was it weird for you? It was different when you're writing scenes. Uh, with between couples that are intimate, finding that sweet spot, pun intended, um, between them ending up in the bedroom versus them ending up with a very lovely kiss at the door. It's it's a it's a fine medium to try to 
create that intimacy in that moment without it becoming on the page intimacy. So it was definitely a challenge. And sometimes we would be writing and I like to think of things, are they Grammy safe? My husband has a wonderful grandmother who loves to read our sweet romances. She has her little Kindle. She wants the paperbacks. And if I can't give it to Grammy, then it's it's too hot, too steamy. <laughs> Got to tone it down. <laughs> I mean, while you're writing it, did you ever go too far and you'd have to like go, okay, I got to delete this whole, because you've just gone, you know, like, like you've just kind of like lost yourself in the moment and you're like, Oh wait, what I just do. So the way that I have tried to write sweet romances in that intimacy is let's write it without the sex. Like what would happen before sex? And so the way I'm writing it up to it is in a steamy book, they would be falling into bed in the next scene. So sometimes I've had to pull back and be like, that was a little bit too much. Of almost sex. Let's calm calm down. <laughs> right. Because with like with sweet, you basically are a lot. I mean, the rules of. OK, well, you know what? Let me let me re- let me ask. What are the rules of sweet? Oh, oh that's day that's... camp. Day camp sweet. <laughs> like side hug. No, I'm just kidding. Side hug. <laughs> <laughs> Handshake. <laughs> Fist <I'm> bump. <laughs> yeah, it's not too much description it's very it's it's such a spectrum not Mm -hmm. not physical so everyone keeps their clothes on unless they're swimming swimming (laughs) right but is it like the kisses are chased or can you use a little tongue action i don't think we've ever used tongue no i think we've maybe hinted that perhaps Someone has slipped the other person the tongue, maybe if you use your imagination, but it's, it's very Hallmark-esque where and you're not so much describing the kiss. Oh, I'm talking over you. You're not so much describing the kiss. You're describing how the kiss is making you feel. Right. And so it's not so much, he slipped her the tongue and it was great and hot. And it's, it's more like, oh my gosh, I'm kissing him. This is the way it's making my body warm up inside and it's making me believe in love and it's right. making me want to take a chance on him. It's right. all those mental thoughts and inner monologue versus, and then his hand slipped down her back and onto her ass and all that stuff. It's, it's just a little different. I don't know if I could do it. I like, I'm fascinated by the sweet like writing a sweet romance, but I don't know that I could do it because I think like, like it just like, it doesn't like my, I I would just automatically go to the hand sliding down the back and grabbing the ass, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that sort of seems more natural. (laughs) I think the way that also we find it's a little bit easier to work with sweet romances is generally we always have our own projects on this side that are steamy. Right. So when we write and say Sarah has the book to do her edits and her additions on the side, I'll be working on one of my own projects that has that heat level that I'm used to writing solo. So that way I kind of, you know, we get our, our sexual frustrations out in another book and then we can come back to (laughs) the sweet romance and not feel as if we are lacking somehow. And we can focus more like Sarah said, on the feelings and how the characters are interacting without the sex. Okay. So, I mean, I guess this is going to be like a two part question is, is what makes a sex scene good, but I want to say like, what makes a a sex scene good for the steamy to you, but then also what makes it, I guess not sex scene, but an intimate scene, intimate scene good in a suite. Like what, like I'm guessing it's going to be, it has to touch the heart. That would be like in my head. That's what I'm imagining. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Kelsey, you want to take steamy LD suite? Um, sure. So I, go ahead. Oh no, you go first. Okay. <laughs> I think with, with sweet, what makes the scene is you're touching on feelings that people have in real life. So mm-hmm. it's not super cheesy or unbelievable, you know, and in, in some of our books we had one character who lost his job and was being blackballed and he thought his career was over and he was trying to find out what he even wanted to do. 
which are very real things that people experience. Right. So what makes that scene intimate is him realizing what he can do because of the faith she has in him, because of the man he wants to be because of her. It's that character building, character development. You find yourself through somebody that makes it an intimate scene. Uh And so instead of she makes me feel so safe when I'm in her embrace because I can feel the heat between us. It's she makes me want to be this other person. I had no idea I could even be. Oh, that's a really great way to think about it. I really love that. That's very cool. So Kelsey, what about for you for the steamy bit? So Sarah and I have both written steamy scenes that are between characters that don't have an emotional connection, whether it be a one night stand or just the beginning of a relationship, things like that. Mm-hmm. And also scenes between characters that have established relationships and emotional connections. Uh, so it's definitely a spectrum of this is hot, dirty, fast, two strangers in a bar go up to the hotel room versus two characters. They're coming to the end of a a lot of my books take place um, in vacation locations or okay. overseas. So generally one of the characters is there for a certain amount of time and then, you know, is going to leave. So there's also the emotional sex scenes of this is the final goodbye. This is the final time we're going to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're writing fast, hot and dirty, it's a lot more, I feel physical descriptions um, maybe a little bit racier than when the characters are having both a steamy moment, but also that emotional moment of this might be the last time we see one another. Um, so it's definitely interesting to write that version of intimacy and then go into straight emotional intimacy of a sweet romance. Yeah, we'll kind of like really look, I mean, we're probably going to look at it way more in depth when I go through the scenes, because especially like when you're putting them, those scenes that you gave me when putting them like right next to each other, it was super cool to look at how different the writing was. Um, but at the same time, it elic- it's they all were you it, you were all you were able to elicit these you know the romance and the feelings and the intimacy from the scenes that you sent, even though they were done in vastly different ways. You know, I have an interesting rule not to touch on steamy and steal it from Kelsey, but my characters <laughs> won't have sex in a bed until they've said the L word. Oh, that's a fun rule for yourself. Yeah. Because I always, I like to have that as like your sacred place. So I've made a joke to Kelsey, like, where else can I have them have sex? Because <laughs> it's, it's they're not true. The final. So like they can have like sex on the, on the couch and that doesn't count. Or they could have sex on the, I don't know, pool table and that doesn't right. count. Right. Like the scene I sent you, they're having sex in a car. <gasps> yeah, I think that was even accidental. And one day she was working on something and she's, she's like, oh, you know, it's weird. No one's had sex in a bed. They're on a desk. They're in the shower. They're on the floor. They're on the stairs. And it's it's like you said, you're just picking locations. And it was it was really interesting that that became now her her hallmark of when she writes the steamy book. It's always fun. Like where where are they going to hook up first? What's the first step of this relationship? So, so Sarah, you stumbled on that idea accidentally. It was just something that I guess, I don't know, unconsciously you were writing. And then all of a sudden you were like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I see what I'm doing here. Yeah. Let me figure out why I'm doing this because the first steamy book I wrote, literally, it's in a lot of places that maybe shouldn't be. And then all of a sudden they were in bed and that's when the scene turned from being more descriptive to intimate. And I was like, oh, that might make sense. Oh, that's so cool. I absolutely love that. My subconscious is smarter than me. Yeah. (laughs) That's always the case, isn't it, though? (laughs) So of all the things that you could have been writing, I mean, Sarah, you know, you were recovering from your surgery and Kelsey, you were just trying to keep your, you know, keep your brain occupied from, you know, and away from children's books of all the, you could have written thrillers, you could have written detective novels. What was it about romance? Sorry, um, I oh. Think, oh, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Kelsey. Uh, I think 
for me, it was um, the escapism. I like to build a fantasy. And although I like to read larger scale fantasies, like the Lord of the Rings and things like that, personally, I didn't think that that was where my strengths, my strengths lie. I like to write, as, as Sarah can say, I do, um, I do himbos. They are rich. They are attractive. They will worship the ground you walk on. And the fantasy of, oh, and they also have an estate home, obviously, or a castle. And I just liked to build the fantasy of it. And I liked mm -hmm. the happy ending at the end. And Sarah is a lot better at the in-depth um, thriller, the in-depth plots. And I'll let her go into that. Whereas I really enjoyed the world building of a romantic location and then the chemistry between two characters and how it played out on the page. What about you, Sarah? Uh, my first book was, I when I was in college, I didn't find a lot of new adult books. Mind you, I didn't really know new adult was a genre. And so I was really bummed that I didn't find a lot of romance novels that I wanted to read mm. about the, the age that I was. It kind of like skipped college from what I was seeing. Right. And so I wanted to write what I wanted to read. Okay. Uh, so it was a lot of that. And, you know. I'm happily married. I've been with my husband since I was 19, 20 years old. Wow. I know. Kelsey's been with hers longer. <laughs> so I think it's, I wanted to write that type of romance because I am happily married. I go to the movies with my husband, you know, I want the drama, the, the heat of it because I'm not going to go on a first date ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's okay. I'm very happy with what I have. Right. But I think it's kind of fun to experience that first date jitters through my yeah. character. I think it's fun when she's picking between guys because I didn't pick between guys. I found the one I wanted and, and called dibs and the world agreed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a lot of, of that. I wanted to have that excitement again yeah. Yeah. while I'm you know, making dinner for my husband and I'm asking him to take out the garbage and I'm, I'm living that life that happens after happily ever after. Yeah. You know, it's really cool because I love, um, the rush of first romance, that sort of adrenaline rush and that, you know, borderline obsessive, like constantly thinking about the person and the excitement of the very first time, or even the excitement of the second time, you know, um, and and we and we do get to live that over and over again as romance writers, which is so cool. Totally agree. You know, while we have our 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 own like real life heroes, you know, but we still get to experience that that rush of the of the, the first blush of romance. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you were writing your very first steamy scene, um, what was it like? Were you all in? Or were you like, okay, this is a little bit weird. I'm writing about sex. Sarah. Um, I was all in. I, I had fun with it. Um, <laughs> my family is not shy about sex. Not like we're doing it in front of each other. That's weird. But like we, you can talk about it. My mom was always very open about like, if you want to have sex, just talk to me. I'll make sure you're covered and stuff. So I guess it hasn't really been taboo in my world as much. Mm -hmm. So... I just was like, oh, this is fun. Here we go. I think the worst part was when my mom asked to read the book, and I was like, oh, God, now it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what about for you, Kelsey? Um, I grew up raised Catholic, yeah. pretty Catholic. Yeah. Um, so sex wasn't really a topic of conversation except for Catholicism views, uh, not necessarily in a bad way, just in a you don't really talk about it way. You, you get married eventually and then you figure it out. But as I got older and um, my mom and I, you know, reached an adult relationship, you know, while I was in college and things like that, um, then, you know, it became less awkward for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read, you know, one of your five million romance paperbacks that you own that I used to sneak in middle school and high school. Uh, so I've always been reading romance novels so writing the sex scenes weren't wasn't strange and even after I started publishing like Sarah said and both of our mothers have read all of our books together 
proudly and loudly, which has been quite interesting. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, because my mom will say, oh, yeah, my daughter has a book coming out and she'll tell her coworkers. And then one of her coworkers will, you know, message me on Facebook and be like, oh, I just read your book. I'm like, wow, my mom's coworker just, you know, read a blowjob scene. That's fantastic. Like <laughs> um, growing up reading it and things like that. And then later kind of building off other people's excitement about reading scenes that I wrote and Sarah wrote, you know, makes you a little less shy about writing those scenes and talking about them. Right, right. I mean, do you have a preference in terms of what you're writing? That's, I know that seems kind of fair to, uh, you know, but because you are writing it in all these like different heat levels, is there one that you prefer? I prefer personally to, to write steamy scenes uh, by myself. They come just a lot more naturally, right. I feel, than doing a sweet scene would come. I really don't believe that I would be able to finish a sweet romance novel if Sarah wasn't my co-author on these on these jobs and these, um, these works. So does that, do you, okay. So maybe the question for you, Sarah would be, is it harder? Do you think to write the sweet than it is yes. the, the steam? End of conversation. Yes, it is. It is a lot <laughs> harder. Cause I feel like not that as steamy writers, you can rely on the sexual position that you're in or the, you know, if you're doing a blowjob or anal or whatever you're doing, it's a different level of intimacy just based on the action you're doing. Right. Whereas when you're writing sweet, you can't rely on that so much. Your characters have to be a bit more open with themselves, which is something that I think we tend to struggle with, Kelsey and I, when we're writing these stories. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. What what What's their internal monologue? Like, how do we mm-hmm. hold off this kiss a little bit longer? Why are we holding off this kiss longer? You know, we've had them kiss at the beginning. We've had them kiss at the end. We've had them kiss, you know, right smack in the middle. You know, we make jokes about, oh, look, they're holding hands without gloves. Um, <laughs> so it, it becomes more of character development. How is holding off on the sexual aspects going to help mm-hmm. these characters? Right. And that is a lot harder. I think it's a lot harder in real life, too. You know, you can go have a one-night stand, but there are a lot of people afraid to tell somebody exactly how they feel and be vulnerable in front of them. And so I think that vulnerability is what makes the sweet romance more difficult for us. Maybe other people are are good Mm -hmm. at it or whatever, but it struggles with me. I, I guess I always thought about the vulnerability in terms of physical nakedness. Right. And fr- like, like, like stripping away, like the stripping away your physical clothes. But this is a little bit more mm-hmm. of like stripping away your, your emotional barriers to really expose yourself, but, but more of your inner self to, um, to the person that you're with. And I imagine, I mean, I struggle with the steamy stuff, but I think not the choreography. It is actually that internal, um, you know, those internal emotions that go on while writing through the choreography if that you know what I mean yes mm-hmm. so, so so I in a way yeah maybe I maybe I'm using the choreography as a crutch and I wouldn't even say you are other people are I would say because I don't I don't want to speak for anybody else that's for mm-hmm. us you know maybe you mm-hmm. are you know maybe that'll be something you figure out in the next scene you write but I know that for me at least and I think I can speak for Kelsey in this aspect it is easier to write a sex scene than it is to write a, I guess you could say, communicative intimacy scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said it perfectly. Well, I guess I'm curious, actually, because you both said you pants. So what is your process of writing together? <laughs> um, well, usually one of us comes up with a general idea. I'll use Cupid Claws as an example because that was one of the projects that Sarah and I were most excited about. I remember I was in the car one day and she called me and she said, and she just said, you know, what would you think about Mrs. Claus in a red convertible? I said, excuse me. 
And he said, Mrs. Claus, what is Mrs. Claus doing in a red convertible? And it sort of, it was a very strange starting point. But as we started to go back and forth about these ideas of Mrs. Claus as a modern woman in the world, and she became a sassy Dolly Parton-esque character, and she's going to meddle in her son's relationship. And we kind of bat ideas back and forth. And sometimes they get a little ridiculous and we tone them back down. Um, but we'll usually come up with a theme, what the problem between the two romantic characters is. Like, for example, in that book, the two main characters, um, you know, they're each, they each have these emotional barriers that they can't find love. And Mrs. Claus wants her son to settle down and get married. So she wants to use her Christmas magic to push them together. And what we usually end up doing is one of us will take the beginning and just kind of write down whatever we feel is a good beginning for the book, okay. uh, whether it be a hundred words or a thousand words, or sometimes Sarah will push out 5,000 words and just throw them back. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. She'll just sit down one afternoon and be like, I just sent you 7,000 words. I'm like, okay, now I have to compete with that. And I'm I'll edit what she wrote. <laughs> she is a marathoner. So I'll start at the beginning of what she sent me and edit it as I go, change little things, add descriptions, things, things like that, and then add my own part. And then I send it back to Sarah and then, you know, she does the same thing. And we sort of just volley the work back and forth. Okay. And when we have a comment for each other, we'll write it in all caps, like, Kelsey, <laughs> fix this description. <laughs> Sarah, witty dialogue. And we kind of like just quit on like that part. We're like, she'll fix it. Just keep oh, going. that's actually great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause sometimes I'm working and I'm like, oh, I just want somebody else to write this for me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's been a definite plus of working together is sometimes, you know, when you get two characters in a situation and then you just kind of don't know how to get them out of the room. Right. This doesn't seem to be a natural stopping point. Sometimes I'll just be like Sarah and the conversation. And I don't have to worry about it. I can just keep moving. If I get stuck somewhere, I'll just be like, Sarah, words, enter them, please. And then I'll, you know, go on to describing a field of flowers or whatever it is. It works out really well. That's that's really cool. So you can play on each other's strengths, um, you, you know, to get the book done. But you're doing this without an outline, with no, absolutely no plan. And you're just able to sort of wind your way through the story together. Our current publisher likes a plan. Um, oh. We have a, a loose mm -hmm. outline that we send to them for them to approve uh, the story. Um, what happens between that loose outline and the ending is a different conversation. Oh, well, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Cause I was very, I was very curious if you're, if you tend to pants because I've done the loose outline and, and then I don't refer to it. And then all of a sudden, like I started at point A and I'm over at point F and I'm like, oh, God, I've got to get back over to B and whoops. And suddenly I'm like, oh, this is a whole different book. That's OK. Um, but, you know, I haven't I don't have a, a publisher that signed off on, you know, we signed have, off on the first idea. The big plot. We know okay. the big plot mm -hmm. um, and we know the big plot when we start. How they get to that big plot is where we pants it a lot. OK. And they're used to that from us by now. We've been working with uh, the same editor and she's great because she knows how we function and that our plots and our pitches are generally pretty different. We'll have, we'll have the holiday down probably for the first names and the big points, like Sarah said. Um, but now they kind of understand our process or lack of process. Uh, so we're lucky in that aspect that we have a lot of flexibility and no one's been very mad at us yet. <laughs> Knock on wood, you put that juju out there like that. No, no, it's good. It's good. They, they know us. We're all right. So, okay, so you've got this, the, the inspiration struck as, you know, Mrs. Claus in a convertible, which is brilliant. And by the way, has Hallmark come knocking yet for this story? <laughs> oh, have they? I'm, I'm not supposed to say. Perhaps. Oh, okay. You would love some good vibes. <laughs> Okay, we're giving you good advice because this is like screaming. This is like screaming Hallmark a Christmas like movie. Musical scenes too. Like literally imagine scenes. Dolly Parton as a meddlesome mother and that's what you have. Oh yeah. come mm -hmm. on. This is so Hallmarky. <laughs> okay. 
So how did that, like, where, okay, so that was, Sarah, you were the one that came up with that, right? I did, yes. What were you doing? Mm-hmm. Where, where, what was going on that you just, were, it just, like, boom, was there? I have two thinking zones. I think in the car, and I think in the shower. And I'm pretty sure I was on my commute home from work, and I try you on the, the commute. <laughs> I try on the the ride from my from my work to my house to plot books or to think of ideas just to decompress. It doesn't sound like it's decompressing, but it calms me to, from the work day. And sometimes the ideas are great. Sometimes they're nonsense. But I'll message Kelsey and be like, I just got out of the shower. So this is what I was thinking. And... <laughs> I, I need like something I can write in there, but I was just driving home one day and I was like, wouldn't it be hysterical if you got Mrs. Claus with platinum blonde hair driving a convertible in a snowy little town with her magic making the wheels go and she's just meddling in everybody's love life and everybody's business because Mrs. Claus doesn't really have a job. Right. And I'm not trying to get all feminist on the world, but like, what does Mrs. Claus do other than bake cookies? Well, in our book, the elves bake cookies, so she really doesn't have anything to do. So it kind of became this: what does Mrs. Claus do throughout the year? Is she making toys? I mean, if she is, cool, good for her. But I kind of that's part of Cupid Claus. It's a kind of a dual story. It's you know the the youngin story, and then the mom who's done raising her kids what does she do with her life? She's Mm. trying to find her new passion. And that's why she's meddling because she doesn't know what it is yet. And she's bored. That's so cool. I absolutely love that concept. Absolutely love it. Um, I, I'm sort of the same way where I'm always in the worst place when I get an idea. So, uh, you know, whether it's in the shower or driving or it's always somewhere where I can't write it down. So do you just rely on remembering it? And that's how you know it's a really good idea because you remember it. Or like you have Kelsey so you can call her and say, hey, write this down. Um, but- uh, I literally call Kelsey and be like, please write this down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Generally, I know when she gets off work. So I'm like, OK, it's, you know, whatever time it is. I'm like, Sarah's probably going to call. And then she'll call and be like, OK two jewel thieves like in a bank and then one is actually an undercover cop and I just have a pen and a little I keep notebooks you know in my nightstand and I'll just you know drop some stuff down or whatever whatever she's thinking that's so so great as a sounding board for both of us and I mean do you end up throwing away more than you use or do you feel like every idea you're trying to shape and work with at some point I feel like I throw away more than I use okay but Mm -hmm. I have to get excited um Kelsey said it I overplot I like to write romantic suspense on my own okay. and I've walked myself into multiple potholes before um, thanks to being a panster. So I tend to try and sit on the idea for a little while and see how I feel about it and see mm. what characters would fit into that world. And if it excites me, I'll write it. If it doesn't, I'll leave it for another time. I end up, Kelsey sends the ideas to me and I end up like writing them down on the computer. So if, I really want inspiration to strike. Like I have something to look at. Right. What, what about you, Kelsey, for your inspiration? Um, I really just go based on what I wish would happen in my life or my friends' lives as far as romance goes. Like what I would wish for like my best friends, you know, as far as they go on finding love. And I find a lot of inspiration as well when it comes to locations. Mm-hmm. Um, I love nothing more than some castles and large estates and big cities and places that have a lot of dynamic settings. Um, Like Sarah said before, I write a lot of historical. A lot of my books take place in Scotland. I find the country fascinating and beautiful. And I love the juxtaposition of contemporary modern cities. And then 20 minutes down the road is, are these great ancient ruins. To me, that's very romantic. And I really like to build off of those locations when I write romance because there's just built-in places that people, I feel, could easily fall in love. Very cool. Yeah, I um, I also write urban fantasy, and I find that location inspires that more than my romance. Um, I've, I 
I find I actually find my characters first uh, for romance, and then I and then I sort of write them through the situation. Although right now all my books are set in Los Angeles, so there's your setting, um, <laughs> you know. Um, but but you know I I do love uh, you know a good setting can really make you know really get my my wheels turning in my head, you know, in terms of story. So that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start reading some scenes here because um, <laughs> this is going to be a little bit different. I'm trying to sort of decide if I want to do it like st- the, the sweet in the middle. I think I'm going to start with the sweet. Do you guys have a preference? Uh, not particularly. <laughs> okay. Let me see. So this is from, okay, so this is a sweet Christmas romance. It's from Royally Abandoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to start reading and here we go. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always crazy to hear your own stuff being said back to you. <laughs> that, that was out loud. What I meant to say was, I'm so excited. Please begin. <laughs> I'm not making you read it. That's always, <laughs> that's always the fun of laughing. I always find that so much more awkward when I have to read my own stuff, but okay. So, all right. Book royally abandoned. This is a sweet Christmas romance biting her lips. She slowly took the reins in her gloved hands. He could feel her intensely, instantly tense. Although the horse was just walking at that point to comfort her. He threw one arm over her shoulder and pulled her close. She seemed to relax, even beginning to smile again as they made their way through the gardens. He couldn't believe he had set up something special for her that went even better than he'd dreamed. Sleigh rides through the snow, being pulled by a purebred stallion from an ancient bloodline, wearing a fantastic gown. That was what Scarlet deserved. She made him want to give her the world and then some. With his arm around her, their mingling laughter filling the air, the promise of a few more days together was enough to make him want to pull the horse to a stop, kiss her soundly, and confess his love. There it was, love. He knew it to be true in his heart for the first time he'd felt the initial spark when he'd set his eyes when he'd set eyes upon her on the side of the road. Never before had he had someone in his life who seemed to be his perfect companion in every way. He just wished he had the guts to put his feelings into words. He had taken the reins back and turned them towards the toward the main gates when it began to snow again. Fat flakes settled on them, and they filled the air with more of the winter magic he longed to show Scarlet. She, she seemed just as entranced at the sight of the castle as she gazed up at it, her head lying upon his shoulder. Grayson hoped it would always be like that between them, no matter what country he was in or who he was, because it seemed as if she was content with him, no matter who he chose to be. Oh my God, this was so wholesome. So wholesome. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> She's like, I just, I just died slowly inside. No, I'm just. <laughs> It was so much more, I mean, it was, you know, in their heads, it was in his head, we're in his head at this moment, you know, it was so much more in his head, his feelings, his emotions, right, than their actions, Um, which I thought was so beautiful. And I don't, like, okay, first of all, as I was reading through this, I was super, after talking to you both, I suddenly got very curious. Do you know which parts you each wrote? Not a clue. No. Which is, that's cool. But they don't, they can't tell it's written by two people, which is very flattering. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. I, I was, I'm kind of like, I wonder if they can tell because I can't. Um, we have, sometimes we have a general idea of who wrote what part. But if you just mm-hmm. gave us a couple lines, we probably couldn't figure it out. That's awesome. No. That's really awesome. Um, I, I'm kind of curious. Do you feel like, the, do you worry that you might be giving away too much? With the feelings? With the feelings, yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh, a lot of his story, that's Grayson, who was, who was just talking, is that he wants to give up the throne and be a normal person because he's been wounded before by women who just wanted him for his crown. And he found this woman. It's similar to like Crazy Rich Asians in the fact that he did not tell her who he was or that he was a prince or loaded or whatever. And him realizing like she could love me for just who I am. That's one of his big moments. Mm. And it's very Mm -hmm. important for the plot 
because um, if you were to read later, something were to happen that would make him think otherwise. <laughs> and so it's important that he makes that realization because then when he's hurt later, you feel it in your gut and it makes you want to just curl up in a ball and die. Mm-hmm. Oh, was this dual point of view? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was just kind of curious about that. Um, um, oh, that's so cool. Okay. I want to jump. Uh, who wants to go first? Kelsey does. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Let's get this ball rolling. <laughs> she, only because she's a fabulous writer and everyone should hear what she has to say. <laughs> So, um, Kelsey, this is uh, this is from What Happens in the Ruins, which is book two of the What Happens series. Now, this is a romantic comedy set in the Scottish Highlands. Now, is mm-hmm. this is this a period? Is this a historical or no? This is contemporary. Uh, this is contemporary. I have a historical series that is set, um, you know, historically uh, set in Scotland, and then this is the uh, romantic contemporary series. Okay, cool. So. Um, my Scottish accent may or may not be on point today. We'll see how I do. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> point of oh, boy. I worked with a bunch of Scots at one point. So it became like second nature and I was able to do it really well. But now I'm, I'm very rusty. So I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to get it. But I might try. I might try if I'm feeling brave. Okay. Go for it. I was walking past the main door when a hand grabbed my arm. As I was pulled outside, I stifled a shriek shriek and blinked in the dim light, trying to adjust so I could see. But I knew his fingers through the velvet on my hips and the smell of his cologne. You've been dodging me, lass, he said against my neck. I shivered and held on to his shoulders. What are you going to do about it? He didn't answer me with words, but moved us to the edge of the wall where no one could see and pressed my back against the cold stone. Then he reached down, slipping his hand up the hem of my dress and lifting it. His fingers were warm, teasing me as he pressed his lips to mine. I felt almost guilty at skipping out of my cousin's engagement bash, but Danny was an expert kisser and my knees went weak as he lightly bit my lower lip. He continued his exploration at the juncture of my thighs, slipping a finger inside me. I melted at once, my breathing growing heavy. Didn't tell you how beautiful you look tonight, he whispered in my ear. I've been thinking about you all week. I opened my mouth to answer, but he chose that moment to start gently rubbing my clit. And tonight, you ignore me? No, I said in a faint, sighing voice I almost didn't recognize. I, you did. There were two fingers then, both pressing inside me, bringing me closer and closer to the brink of pleasure. And I can't have that. What sort of friend would I be? He palmed my breast, his thumb circling my nipple. I held onto his suit jacket for support, barely feeling the air around my bare legs or the ruins behind me. There was only Danny and me encased in carnal desire that was all our own. I tried to touch him, to drag up his kilt, but he moved away from my breast and took my wrist in his hand, pinning them above my head. He kissed me again, deepening it as the beginnings of an orgasm began to flood my body. It started in my core and shot through my chest my arms and legs, leaving me a raw, breathless bundle of nerves that craved more. A smile playing on his lips, he sorted my dress for me and fixed the hair must by the stone. By the time my scattered brain collected itself, he held out an arm for me to take, playing the part of a perfect gentleman that didn't just have his hand up my skirt. I took it and allowed him to lead me back into the ruins where I didn't think our absence had been missed. He dropped me beside Katie and Rose, but before he left, he leaned down and whispered, I'll see you later. So reading this right after the sweet scene was kind of wild. (laughs) Because the the feelings that were going on in the sweet scene, the emotions uh, that were stirring um, were actually being conveyed a little, you know, through, through the steam action. So there wasn't, it still felt, intimate it felt intimate in both moments but in very different ways yeah mm-hmm. which, which was really cool um where were we in the book with this where, at what point were, were they um so for this particular book um they were childhood friends that reconnected as adults uh they both have a shared trauma in their youth that sort of shaped them um and their you know future current relationship uh, so at this point, they had already had 
sex entered into this sort of friends with benefits relationship. And uh, when he's he's saying, what sort of friend would I be? Um, right. he, he doesn't want to just be friends with her. He wants a deeper, better connection with her, something real and romantic, whereas she isn't ready to make that sort of commitment to him. And so he's just really enjoying teasing her in these inopportune moments to be like, okay, you want more of this? Okay, well, bye. Have fun at the party. Like, go ahead, be, you know, entertain others and whatever. I'll just, I'll just be over here. I'll see you later. Um, and just giving her these little tastes of physical intimacy as he sort of, in the book, fights for the deeper emotional connection as well. That's really, that's really cool. I really love the scene. It was, whew, it was super steamy. <laughs> I love Danny. He's one of my faves. Oh. <laughs> It is. It is serious. Sarah just Tara texted me and she was like, yeah, Sorka, I'm my favorite. <laughs> okay, Sarah, you're up. Okay. Okay. So this is from the third yeah, I'm curious. Did you guys pick each other's scenes? No. I didn't know which scene she was picking, but I was at work and didn't have my scenes on me. And so when she said she needs a scene... I kind of sent her like, here are two ideas. And um, I picked from those two. So she knew which one I was picking. I didn't realize she was sending up a Sorcha and Danny. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So, okay, so this is from Third Wheel, which is book three in the Elton Hall Chronicles. Sarah, can you set this up for us? What's going on here? I can. So Christy is a good girl. She's always done what she's been told. She's got a... Uh, fiance who is perfect sort of fiance I guess I should say boyfriend at this point and her whole life is mapped ahead of her she's going to follow him around to whichever military base he's set on she's going to have babies she's going to raise them her whole life is set and she kind of has a full-blown panic attack and I was like this isn't what I want no thank you and she starts dating Shane and her boyfriend who's not ready to listen to the fact that she's done is like it's okay you go have fun when you're done, I'll be here because you know I'm your your final choice here. He's nothing. And she's like, okay, I'm going to have fun, but we're really done. And so she goes and she's trying to date the bad boy and get that out of her system, she thinks, and try and experience something else than a cookie-cutter life that's been planned for her. It's actually based off one of my friends who is going through something very similar. Oh, wow. And... I told her, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to write you this epic romance to remind you about the choice that you made because she left the perfect guy. Oh, <laughs> what did she say? What did she think after she read it? She loves it. She thinks it's she's great. like, wow, that's, oh my God, that's right. So is, I, mean, I might be biased, but um, the, the male character, you'll see a little bit of him in the scene, obviously, but. He is literally, when I read um, a romance novel, I always connect it to, is he as good as Shane? Is he as witty? Is he as charming? Is he as cheeky? And Sarah must be sick of hearing it by now. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I love it. So he's sort of like, at least for Kelsey, the quintessential, quintessential romantic hero. I call him, he's a, he's a bad boy class clown. You know, he, he's always got a comment, but he illegally street races on the weekend and he's got money. So he'll buy you whatever you want, but there's going to be a string attached when he buys it. You know, he's just, he's kind of fun that way. Oh, very cool. Okay. Can't read this. I'm a race car driver. Car sex is always on my mind. He sat up a bit, reaching for the center console. There was an unopened box sitting there. Good to know that even though it's on your mind, you haven't gotten any before. Now I teased and kissed him again, running my fingers through his hair, pulling it until Shane let out a groan. I slid down Shane's body a little and pulled off his belt, frantically undoing the button and zipper, but his boxers were still in the way. Shane lifted his hips, pushing me up in the process and slid his boxers and pants off. I laughed and, and grasped a hold of him, feeling how hard he was, enjoying the effect I had on him. He reached up under my skirt and tried to slip my panties off, but I was in the wrong position for this. I couldn't get them off and I was a little embarrassed. See, this is why I normally don't wear them. They get in the way. Shane kissed me again and, and then pulled away to reach into the center console again. His hand came out with a knife. 
Shane, I started to say, a little nervous and maybe more excited than I should be. Relax, he insisted, and slid my dress up, revealing the lacy tan thong I was wearing. He pulled the band away from my skin and quickly cut it with two different swipes. The panties fell down, and I quickly ripped into the condom box, covering Shane as fast as I could. He closed the knife and tossed it back in the center console. We haven't had sex since the time in the field, and I was craving it like a drug. As he slid inside me, I felt a flow through my system that was quickly followed by a flowing sensation as my muscles tensed with pleasure. I started riding Shane, hold, holding his arms down so he could do nothing but watch as I ground against him, tilting my hips forward to reach my deepest spot. Gasps began to form their way out of my mouth as I felt him pulsing inside me, getting ready to find his release. Shane quickly swallowed my moans as he fought my hold and grabbed my head, pulling to a fierce and, pa and passionate kiss but I couldn't hold on. I broke away as the climax hit me hard, feeling Shane following me over the edge. He screamed a lot louder than me as we both enjoyed the after effects bursting through us. Holy hotness. <laughs> it's a little different than royally abandoned. Ooh, just a little bit. I mean, it's pretty wild how different, I mean, how really different when you read these all together, how really different the sweet is from the steamy. It is totally wild that you're able to jump between both. Yeah, I wish I had words. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm like, to I'm totally impressed because I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't know that I could do this. <laughs> It's, you have to be in the mindset, you know, there are days when I can't write sweet romance. It's just not that day. There are days when I need to write something mm -hmm. steamy. And I, I think it goes to my mindset when I'm writing. I'm not one of those people who's like, I have a book due. I'm going to sit down and write this. I, I have to be in, in the mood, which I guess I should work on. But I always call it my fingers are itching. Like I, my fingers are itching mm -hmm. to type. Which I guess is why I marathon it. Because if I'm in the mood to write, I'm going to write. 5,000, 10,000 words in a go. And then I won't write for a week. Wow. Wow. See, I can't, I can't do that. I need to, I, I kind of write in like shorter bursts. Like I can't sit down and just do five or 7,000 words. That's really amazing that you can. Kelsey, what's your process like that? Are you a little bit more, I, I don't know, you are a little bit more consistent or do you just like write a whole lot and then stop for a little bit? Well, I have a six-year-old, almost seven-year-old, and a three-month-old at home. Wow. So oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I write whenever I have time to write. Um, before this new baby was born, it was a lot easier. Um, you know, when my, when my older daughter started school, then I could just write whenever I felt like writing during the day, whenever I felt like writing. Uh, and then, you know, COVID happened and she was home all the time. So then it sort of slimmed down my writing time a little bit more. And then the baby was born and it slimmed it down a little bit more. So um, I do a lot of writing at night when my husband gets home from work. And sometimes during nap time, um, and sometimes my older daughter will come and sit with me and she has her notebooks and her, you know, her little toolbox of crayons and pencils and whatnot. And she'll write a book too. Um, so that's kind of how I find some pockets of time. Too. I wish I could marathon, but I, uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Little pockets of time is how I'm surviving now. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. This was awesome. You two. Thank you so much for sharing like all of your work and being like my very first duo. I, I menage, I guess. Threesome. My first threesome. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for that. Because this is, was like really, like I said, it was so cool just reading everything all together. And I hope Hallmark. Yeah, hearing it out loud like that is very different. <laughs> We've never <laughs> really had anybody read them back to back like that. <laughs> yeah, just stacking them is so cool. And honestly, it sounds like, you know, it, the what, what was really kind of amazing to me is how different the voices themselves were. So it's clear that you have these very different voices in these books, which is really cool because your books are never going to sound the same. Yeah, mm -hmm. not, no. which I think is awesome. <laughs> no. So what is next for you? What is next for the, the pair together and also separately? Uh, we've got 
Love at First Spark, which is book two in the Operation Valentine Hazel Oaks Resort series, which um, basically, if in your head, you can imagine Kellerman's from Dirty Dancing, but updated. Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> and it's about a woman who created a dating app and a guy who believes dating apps are garbage and how they fight with each other to see if science is real or if feelings are real or can you find science and feelings and that kind of stuff. It, I like it a lot. Um, main character mm-hmm. we're basing off of Jason Momoa. No shame. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's, it's helped our inspiration a lot to picture Jason Momoa doing all of these little romantic and sometimes very mundane daily chores. <laughs> oh, and now this is going to be sweet. Yes. So yeah. it's not Jason Momoa stripped down. I mean, he no, works Jason, on a boat Jason Momoa. He is shirtless. Mm-hmm. Not as stripped down as we would like. <laughs> <laughs> More clothes than than we would like. And then and then what about um separately? Do you have projects coming up? I don't have anything official. Okay. Um, I'm working on a another college series that cool. covers um, a secret society and. There's a Ooh. murder, and they got to figure Ooh. out who, who did it. And Ooh. it's a whole lot of, um, you know, there's a virgin auction there. So it's very similar to Hazel Oaks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like suspense, so it's, it's going to be a very romantic suspense book. So we'll awesome. see what happens with it when I finish it. Cool. And Kelsey, what do you have separately? Um I also don't have anything contracted at the moment. Uh, I've been playing with a dark romance, um, a mafia. Yeah, so it, it's again different. I've been doing a lot of romantic comedies <laughs> and you know standard contemporary romance. So this is a little bit of a departure from my usual thing. Um, a lot more cursing, a lot dirtier. Not quite erotica, but you know, bumping the heat level up a notch or two to, um, I don't know, get a little bit of danger going in there. What made you decide to go dark? I think I've, the last couple of series that I've written, um, there really isn't a lot of dark elements. It's a lot, the issues are a lot more emotional and less um, outside of the couple and their personal relationship. Uh, if somebody does die, it's in a historical book where, you know, having a sword fight is not that crazy. It's, it's pretty standard, you know, when you're fighting over a lady's hand. Uh, but then you have the mafia enforcer with a gun. I, I thought that level of danger would be interesting. Uh, I really wanted to try to get out of my himbo contemporary comedy realm and then really branch off into something that was a little more challenging. Oh, really, really cool. Do you, as, as far as like readers, like, do you have a preference within the subgenres of romance to read? Like, do you find you're always picking up something? I love romantic suspense. It if is... you've got a murder, I'm very excited. <laughs> I studied criminal justice in college, so I, I just kind of like that. Police, FBI involved, let's figure it out before the cops do type thing that's a great degree to have as a writer like I'm always kicking myself that I don't have like a psych degree or a criminal justice degree or something like that I'm like oh, I could do so much more if I had a degree like that I have fun with it so yeah. I, I recommend it do you have a do you have a preference in terms of like a subgenre that you read um, well, I went to college for history, and then I have a minor in genocidal studies, uh, which does not translate well into romance. Wow. Um, but I enjoy a lot of uh, historical romance, Philippa Gregory, that sort of thing, Outlander, obviously. Right. Um, and then I also really like um, romantic comedies, you know, Bridget Jones' Diary, Shopaholic series, like a lot of lighter things. Okay. But now that you're writing darker, are you starting to read like read more dark books? When I write something, I try to stay away from reading in mm-hmm. that realm. Like if I'm working on a historical book, I try to not read um, 
historical romances because I don't want to accidentally overstep into somebody else's world. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. I don't want to do it. I obviously don't do it on purpose, but just something might stick and I might not realize it sticks. So I'm just completely paranoid by that yeah, for some reason. That yeah. Somehow I'm going to regurgitate somebody else's great idea and then not even put it together until later. And I just, so um, I'm actually just reading like uh, historical romances now while I'm working on both the sweet romance with Sarah and then the dark romance by myself. So there is literally no overlap there. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. Okay. Best place to find you on the internet. Where do you like to hang out? We hang out everywhere. We have, we're on, we're both on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, We do a lot of our profiles together. Um, Like we love Instagram and our tag is a kiss at midnight. And we run that together. We run our Facebook together. We also have TikTok. But if you go to our Instagram, we have a link tree that has all of our links to BookBub, Twitter, Facebook, everything, everywhere you can find us, you can find on our link tree, on our Instagram, a kiss at midnight. That's perfect. And that's great. That's so cool that you have sort of like one place to go. Even And this is even your individual books you're promoting on there too, I'm guessing. Yeah, we have we have yeah, um, codependent problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're book married, basically. I think that's really great because sometimes, like you're, just, because sometimes it just sucks when you're going it alone. It's really nice to have a partner. Oh, it's you know, fa- it's fantastic. Yeah. We both really uh, work on our strengths. Like Sarah's really good at analyzing trends and uh, finding out what works and doesn't work. You know, on Instagram, for example, uh, whereas. I really enjoy graphic design. I do it, you know, personally, publicly. I just really like manipulating images and things like that. So she'll say, okay, so this is what gets the most views last week. And the percentage is here. And like, you know, most of our viewers are the United States between these ages, whatever. Wow. And then she'll tell me kind of what she thinks we need. And then so I'll be able to build the graphics or build the teasers or things like that. So we have a really nice balance of using both of our strengths to kind of make one cohesive author. (laughs) That is so cool. I absolutely love that. That's awesome. Well, all of these um, links to all of the places will be in the show notes. uh, So listeners can just pop over there and, um, and check it out as well. Um, But if you know, you're driving or something, it's a kiss at midnight on Instagram there, you will find a link tree. Sarah Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me. It was really great to have you. Thanks for having us. We had a lot of fun. It was fun. It, it was kind of crazy hearing Royally Abandoned up against our steamier. That's the first time <laughs> I've ever had them. I don't want to say competing because that's not right. You know, books aren't competing with each other, but kind of have them back to back and go, oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> you just cut off her panties yeah, with a knife I... versus a sleigh ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So different. So different. (laughs) They're both technically in vehicles. Yeah. Oh, good point. Good point. (laughs) What you do with the space you're given. Thank you both so much. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sign up to get email alerts when a new one goes live at lgreco.rocks. And don't forget to five star us on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next time.